solving problems and telling stories have been my two priorities that I've been trying to focus on in terms of where I put my energy and, and work into. And I think a big problem is a ton of people have jobs that they don't like, that have no freedom, no creativity, and not a lot of financial stability. And don't really know how to escape it. I don't know how to solve that problem, to be honest. But I was able to solve that problem for the most part for myself. And so I wanted to tell the story of how I did that so that maybe people can like reverse engineer it a little bit. Yeah, so here we are. As a bit of background, I'm Jordan Mitchell. I dropped out of college like nine months ago, or technically took a gap year, but dropped out and started to do freelance videography in the tech scene in Miami. That kind of snowballed into working in NFTs and crypto. And now I work at a crypto company called Upstream. And I'm super lucky. I get to work remotely, set my own hours, work with a team of great people that I enjoy. I have creative autonomy. I'm able to comfortably support myself and I get to like travel and be wherever I want. It's fully remote. So I'm super lucky in that regard. And here's the story of how that ended up happening. <laughs> I guess the story starts all the way back in high school in grade nine. I was put into a media arts class by accident, which was like Photoshop, photography, videography, and fell in love with it. Became super interested and curious. I would follow YouTube tutorials and just dive into it, would do dance videos for friends and edit YouTube videos and <laughs> make shitty album art, like a ton of awful stuff. Like it looks so bad looking back, but I did it because it was fun. I think the most I ever got paid in like the first four or five years of me doing that was like $50 for a music video that I spent like 12 hours editing. So it definitely was not something that I was getting paid for. And I knew that YouTubers were getting paid and I knew you could get paid in film, but I don't know, I didn't really care. I just wanted to do whatever I wanted. I'm skipping a lot because this story could be really long, but fast forward to when I drop out, I'm like, yo, I <laughs> dropped out of school. I need to be able to pay my rent. How do I do that? I guess I'm kind of decent at this video and design stuff. I'm confident I can do the work. I just don't know how to get clients. And so a friend of mine from college who I'd worked on some like student clubs was like, yo, I have a friend who needs a videographer for a tech event in Miami. Are you down? Like bet. Took like an hour and a half long train down to Miami. Took an Uber. Like this is money I didn't have. I didn't even know if I was going to be paid for this. I was just like, I need a portfolio and I need connections. And I did the video and they loved it. They were like fire. I did a couple more events for the Shrimp Society, this community of tech people. And so I guess like two lessons here that I would tell myself that I did right looking back is one, I started with videography just out of curiosity. And Naval Ravikant talks about this idea of specific knowledge that you can only learn by doing and it's basically informed by your hobbies. 
So for you, it might not be videography or design or whatever, but there's probably something that you do just because it's fun that you've gotten really good at or have a ton of specific knowledge about that most people don't have. And it might not even be obvious to you. Like to me, like literally when I edited this first video for the Shrimp Society, it was like a basic Casey Neistat type vlog but like an event recap and they loved it. And for me, that's not a super complex edit. It's not super hard. And so I didn't think it was that cool, but they're like, yo, this is fire. So I guess analyze yourself. Like what is it that you're specifically really good at that can be valuable? Maybe it's you're super extroverted. You're good at talking to people and networking. Boom, that's perfect for business development and sales. Maybe you're an artist who's really good at drawing like boom, NFT projects need artists. I don't know, shit like that. Like find something that you're good at and see how it can be valuable to a company or like to other people and that people are willing to pay for. Two is doing work for free. You need to build up a portfolio for one, which means you're gonna have to charge shit pay and just build up a body of work so that you can point to something and point to a company and be like, look, you can trust me. I can actually do this thing. And it's a lot easier to show them like, look, I've done this before than it is to be like, yo, trust me with your money because they don't need to because they have other people who do have that proof that they would rather hire. So you're going to have to work for free if you don't have a portfolio or don't have a track record. And the second part of that is in addition to the portfolio, almost more important than the portfolio is you need to have connections. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know, your net worth, is your network or whatever the fuck, I don't know. Those things are kind of corny, but also facts. My first client just came from a friend in college who happened to know a guy, and then I got referrals from him. So go out and like meet people in your industry, whatever that looks like. I can't help with specifics because mine was just intuitive. But I think another thing about this is a year before I started to try and get paid for videos, I started to publicize my work more. So I would like promote my YouTube videos, even though they were cringy. And I would like post stuff on Instagram that I was working on. So people who knew me, knew me as the video guy. They're like, oh, this guy can take photos and do videos. So then when Jadon's friend was like, yo, I need a videographer. He's like, oh, Jordan is the video guy. Like he posts about that all the time. I should refer him. So don't be afraid to post your stuff or literally my YouTube channel had like 50 subscribers and like 20 views per video, but they were paying clients like coffee shops and like tech startups who were like, yo, your YouTube videos are fire. Can we work? You don't need a massive audience to justify you posting your work, whether that's your design stuff, your comedy podcast, your video, whatever. Okay. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door in video stuff. Then I worked on a couple other projects. Like through those, I got referred to Miami Hack Week, which was also run by Jadon. I also took that gig without knowing how much I was gonna be paid. And it ended up being my biggest contract that I've ever made. I'm very lucky that I was very naive about things and just trusted the people I was working with because they were like personal friends. I trusted that they would take care of me. That won't always be the case. So I don't have good advice for like, dealing with people who are scamming you to be honest but something that i did do 
is before I got that big Miami Hack Week contract, there was a promo video that, that they needed done, like ASAP. Shadon called me and was like, yo, how much would you do this for? I'm like, 300? He was like, oh, did you say 1,000? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Anyways. And then I stayed up till like seven in the morning, two straight days editing that video. So like they could tell like I was hustling, I was about my shit, like I was ready to prove myself. So then when they needed a videographer for the actual event, they're like, okay, we can trust Jordan. And I grinded that week too. I like barely slept. I did daily recaps every day, which originally wasn't the plan. I was just supposed to do one recap video at the end, but I'm like, yo, I can do more with this. I want to put a good name in with these people to like prove that one, I'm down to grind and two, that I can do good work quickly. So I was trying to do more than I was paid for, right? And then at the end, they blessed me with the good bonus because they liked my work and it brought them value. So that happens, that's Miami Hack Week. Then I start hearing about NFTs at Hack Week. I'm like, yo, let me read about this. I got interested. I wanted to start my own project. Realized very quickly that I didn't have the influence network or expertise to drop a project that would do well. And so at that same time, I got lucky. The clients I had worked for that I had been referred to was starting an NFT project and they needed help with media stuff like graphics and video. I'm like, bet, I'm down. They're like, bet, do you want to do it for a $500 monthly retainer? And I'm like, yo, I just, <laughs> I was feeling real good after this Miami Hack Week contract. And I'm like, yo, that's low key not a lot for what I just got paid compared to the amount of work that I'd be putting into this. But I wanted to learn about NFTs and I needed to pay rent because I had just dropped out. So I'm like, okay, I'll take it. It was supposed to be kind of like a part-time thing that turned into me staying on the founder's couch in Miami for a month and just working like 18 hours days between that and an internship. That launches, I learn a ton. I'm able to meet people in like the Web3 space, learn about NFTs, crypto, whatever. And then Miami Hack Week 2 comes around. It's a bigger production. I have like a team of like, five people on content or something that I'm managing and producing, co-producing for and like making sure everybody's in the right place and whatnot. By the way, when I was starting that, I brought on a friend onto the team as a videographer. And at first I was gonna produce everything, but I was like, yo, Loki, this is a lot to bite off. I'm gonna put my ego to the side, make sure I do this well. My friend had a little bit more commercial experience than me. So I'm like, yo, do you wanna co-produce this? And at first I was like, I don't really want to do this. I want to prove to myself that I can do it by my own, but I'm going to put my ego to the side. It's more important that this comes out well. And so I do that. We run Miami Hack Week. The video is awesome. Everybody loves it. Like we're really proud of the work we do. And the friend that I brought on while he was filming got connected to the head of e-commerce at Budweiser who was sponsoring Miami Hack Week. We ended up shooting a commercial for Budweiser and co-producing it. I don't know, just like the karma came back well, is what I'm trying to say, is I put my ego to the side for bringing Kevin onto the team to co-produce because I thought the product was more important than me saying I had a bigger role in it. And then it came back well, where one, it worked out, the product was good, and then two, I got this opportunity to work with a massive brand like Budweiser and shoot commercial that they were super happy with and so now I have that connection anyways that's just a side note so now I'm starting to build up a little bit of a brand within the Miami tech space as like the video guy or like 
a good video media person. I guess, again, to bring back to a core tenet, a core learning here is putting my ego to the side and prioritizing a good product over my own recognition or like what I could say is my role in it. And it ended up just coming back twofold. And then a core learning to go back one more step of the Shrimp Society NFT launch is I took that not knowing how much I was gonna be paid, but prioritizing learning and meeting people within the industry I was interested in. <coughs> and that was super valuable for what I'm about to tell you, which I then got an offer from Upstream, which is a crypto company. And they were impressed by my portfolio, my work. Like I have a good skill set, being able to do like design stuff, podcasts, video work, which I built up the skill set over like five years just through fun, like by having fun with it, experimenting with shit. And then I built up the knowledge base of like NFTs and crypto stuff that was valuable to this company through the Shrimp Society contract that I took for the main priority of learning. And then I had the personal network, like the brand of somebody that people can trust through putting my ego to the side, prioritizing good products. And then I guess just like the engine of all of this is just hustling. That's not to say that the last nine months I've been hustling 24 seven. I still have my spurts of being demotivated and slightly depressed and whatever, all those beautiful things. That's not to say those things don't happen. They do, but it's just a matter of, you know, keeping that engine plugging. I'm not a motivational speaker. There's better people for that. <laughs> <laughs> but these are just some of the things I learned. Hopefully it helps you maybe to reverse engineer, learn some of my lessons about how to do this. And I think maybe to like take a step back and look at some of the things that I didn't do well that I wish I could have changed is one, I wish I had realized earlier to prioritize action over thinking about shit. Like there's so many projects that I planned out and never got any traction for because like I never got past the planning stage. And so I've really tried to build up a habit of having a propensity for action. And as soon as I make a decision of like a project I want to do, acting on it right away and eliminating the time from decision to action. And then you can evaluate that, see if it worked well and then go and do something else. But like literally just do shit. Like every good thing that I think I've gotten has either been like luck of like knowing the right person, right place, right time, like very lucky and privileged with that. So that's like disclaimer. But two, in terms of what I could control, every good thing has come from me just doing shit, like literally making something, like finishing something, posting it, like working on a thing. Yeah. And then I think the last big learning <laughs> is I wish I would learned earlier how much better it is to work on projects with other people. Maybe this is just a personal thing because I enjoy collaboration, but it's so much easier to stay accountable and motivated and creative when you're working on a project with other people. So like Hack Week was obviously a team that I was working on, like a client and other creatives. The Shrimp NFT was a team. Upstream is obviously a team. So as, as much as you can involve other people, even if it's just in an advisory, role definitely having somebody to hold you accountable and to be there next to you working 
makes it so much easier. Wish I learned that earlier. I'm telling this story with more confidence than I had as I was doing it. So I maybe it comes across this way, maybe it doesn't, that I'm smart in the way I planned everything and I knew that this thing would lead to that. I really didn't, <laughs> like a lot of this is me just guessing at shit and it happened to work. So I'd say just like trust your gut, do it. Don't think that people know what they're doing because most of the time they don't. And that's also not to say that I've done a ton of good shit. It's not like I started a massive company or got hired at like Google or anything. It's not crazy. But it's something I wish I knew a year ago, which is why I wanted to tell this story. Anyways, that's enough disclaimers. This is boring. I have to go edit this before I get kicked out of my co-working spot for the night and I have no Anyways, this is boring. You don't care about this. Goodbye.